Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, everybody, and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. The 2022 World Cup came to an end on Sunday night as Argentina claimed their third World Cup title after a breathless final against the French. Simon Jordan and Martin Keown join me to look back at that dramatic game. What we had yesterday was just, uh, I mean, an incredible theatre, drama, uh, the best two players on the planet. Greece's Cup going, final ever. I think it has to be in terms of the the goal to go two 0 up. As the, I mean, Argentina through the tournament, um, they've changed their tactics relentlessly. They do what's what's needed. They took the game to France. Lots of talk about a virus within the group with French, the French, but they were like sleepwalking. They were sleepwalking for the first forty five minutes, and they yeah, were, they got battered. Yeah, yeah. I thought the game changed actually with Di Maria. I thought it was inspired that they had then a third player in the top of the pitch that actually could do damage. I think Martinez, who's come off the bench, Gomez, they haven't really been good enough. But uh, Di Maria was fantastic yesterday, Jim. And when he went off, the game completely changed. By the way, um, and they rode their luck somehow. The French get back into the game. Three penalties on show. So the drama. Yeah. I think pretty well the referee got everyone right. Do you know it was one of the, the first one was a little bit soft, but we was like, well, it's easier to give it, isn't it? To be on everyone's side, it's safe to give that penalty. Uh, it was. It looked soft to me, but about just about right. Uh, Otamendi gets done for pace for the second one. The third one, Jim was a handball, uh, and the game just kept giving and giving. Mm. And um, in the end, the penalties. Um, in goal, Martinez in goal, his penalty take, his saves. He looked fantastic in free. I just looked at Lloris and thought, I'm not sure he's going to be able to save a penalty. I know he put our man off Harry Kane, yeah. but you hit the ball on target and it looked like it was going to go in and it did. I looked at it, Simon, I thought, the Argentinians refuse to lose, don't they? I well, mean, and they can be nasty when they well, need to be. Well, you have to suggest that a team that has the emotional maturity to be able to come back from uh, being in front three times, and you would think going into extra time, given the way the French had taken it back from them, that they would be the ones in emotional ascendancy. But it proved to be the other way. I'm not entirely impressed with the goalkeeper's antics, and we'll discuss that later on. Mm. But I think that, you know, to, 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 to lord the game, I think the two most remarkable finals that we've seen in modern history are probably both featuring Argentina. The 78 final where they beat a very good Dutch side, um, 3-1 in Argentina with all that went with that. And this final um, are probably up there 
with the greatest ones. We'll always say these are the greatest things when they become live and, and at that particular moment. But I, I think for 80 minutes, it, was a, it wasn't the greatest of games. One team was in control. For, but for 40 minutes, it was a remarkable game of football in terms of it. It was yeah. a basketball match with two, deci- two sides deciding they were going to throw everything at trying it to win the like World Cup. It was like a shootout, wasn't it, between yeah. our two, and our two Messi, finest players? If, Wesley, if Messi last night was to come out and say, right, that's it, I'm retiring at international level, uh, you, you couldn't blame him for what he's given. And yet he carries on. I mean, he, he wants to keep playing in an Argentina jersey as world champion. So, I mean, Martin, we could see a USA 2026 performance from him maybe like yesterday, at Whoa. 39 years of age. I, I don't think we'll see... This fellow was a, the man of the match in every knockout match. Through to the, I mean, Jim, they lost the very first game, let's not forget. And they put them in a situation where they had to win every game. And they'd already done a dress rehearsal for that final last night when they played the Netherlands. Because they were, they, were, they were 2-0 up in that game and threw it away almost. And they were nearly out. They were against the ropes. Uh, went through the process of the penalties. I think France brought the youngsters on uh, they were more powerful, quicker, um, but they they almost switched off when it came to the penalties, and they're not going to do that, Argentina. Yeah, I yeah. just, I mean, I just think their midfield, Jim, and we need a word from McAllister as well from Brighton. What about his performance in the game? <laughs> De Paul as well. Yeah, you know, if you want to have a fight, if you want to play football, they can do it all. Yeah, Fernandez didn't start the tournament. He's the young player of the tournament. Sat deep in that midfield, that and he he was said, magnificent. That being said. French boy goes goes through on goal with thirty seconds to goal, and who goal. saves it? The keeper. Yes. The keeper saves yeah. it. But they Wonderful were there. I mean, yeah, it was a remarkable turnaround by France. It was a remarkable. They had the Argentinians. They had them in they their did. palms of their they hands did. because they went for them. And then you and to, for the Argentinians to go back in front was a remarkable turn of events. Yeah, because they were really, really up against it. They were really getting pumped by France for about twenty minutes, weren't they? Yeah. But it was as you say. I mean, from a spectacle point of view and from a theatre. There's very little you can say about that last 40 minutes. I mean, the first 80, 80 minutes we can look at and say, well, OK, it was one team in control and another team that looked very lacklustre yeah. and leggy. But when they got... And when you talk about players, we talk about world-class players and we throw that expression around like confetti. Mbappé's, you know, 30-minute run was... You know, you're watching a boy step up and take four penalties in a match or three penalties or whatever it was and score from all of them. You're watching a guy that took control of the game and just looked every inch... Not three and a half million pound a week, I might add, but looked every inch a world class. I football. wonder how many people up and down the country were were out of their seats screaming at the telly. I know I was. Uh, it was a game full of surprises, and do you know as well as the referee refereed the match? Because I, I I wasn't really bothered who won this game. I wasn't really in the messy camp. You know, it's like this. He, deser- he deserves that. My son was actually, and I was screaming at the referee. You got to let play go. It seemed like he kept stopping the play at the end of the game. A couple of times, I uh, a couple that of times, well. and yeah, like, well, as, well. as well as he'd referee, just yeah. let it flow. Been difficult for him. It was, he, yeah. he must have been exhausted. The referee and fair play to him. I and mean, he's a referee that came into the game as a player, former yeah. player, was sent off. He felt wrongly so. A question the referee on the day, and the referee said, "Why don't you take it up?" He said, "You know what? I might have a go at myself." And look at the job he did last night. I didn't think it was completely perfect, but it was near to it, as you said. Yeah, but you get. should have let the play go, Martin, when the yeah, French just were in the mood to but keep Jimmy these three penalties. were lethal. He pretty well was on it, and I major, every major issue for the game, he was on it. You mentioned Mbappe. I mean, um, and I think McCoy was tongue-in-cheek when he said it. Did you hear it? First person, uh, what did he say? Um, uh, first person to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final where all three were over the line. Uh, so that was a little swipe okay. at 1966. But, I mean, Mbappe was sensational. Was there a hand passing of the baton from Messi to, to Mbappe last night? Is Mbappe now the heir Well, only if Messi decides it's time to, to go, Jim. If he decides to carry on, then no. 
you know, so let's not let's not stand in his way. He deserves that opportunity. I didn't think if he won the World Cup, he would bow out in that way. He wants to be, doesn't he? Go and have a few more games for his national team. Jim, they've they've been absolutely quite magnificent. They were thirty six games unbeaten going into this World Cup, so this is nothing new. Argentina knew. Yeah, but look at where Mbappe is now. Twelve goals, level with Pele. Twelve goals in a World Cup at twenty three years of age. He's level with Pele in fifth. Miroslav Klose, the German, has sixteen goals, mm. so he's got to, he's going to close that down. Will, obviously, of course, yeah, he will. different area of football though. I mean, we are seeing a much more offensive brand of football than possibly in times gone past. So I'm not suggesting that the achievements of others should be either maximised or minimised, but we are seeing a slightly different brand of football. Defenders can't defend the way they used to. People can't, you know, the game has become less physical. So there is an emphasis more on goals, which is rightly the emphasis anyway, because that's what wins games and that's what entertain people. People might like, love a robust challenge, but they don't love a nil nil draw do they welcome to the coliseum of confrontation outspoken with white and jordan sure heroic penalty shooter performance from uh aston villas and argentina's emiliano martinez what about his antics uh during the shootout he was dancing after saving penalties throwing the ball away sure many had to go and retrieve it before he stepped up he's just a kid and he misses i mean even when he was he was presented with the golden glove award did you see what he did he took part in a somewhat lewd gesture with uh, the Golden Glove Award holding it to his groin. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. I, I, I would say this, though, that the minute they lost the toss for which end those penalties were taken, they'd lost it, France. Because they had to go, didn't they, and take the penalties at the Argentinian end. end yeah. and, I, and having experienced... Look, I've played in a UEFA Cup final where that happened, Galatasaray. We played, we lost the toss. It was unbelievable trying to take a penalty for our lads who missed that night in that end. It was really, you know, it's much more difficult, which we don't even factor in, by the way. But if you've been there, it's difficult, doubly difficult. Do you think that makes it incumbent upon the referee? Because I thought uh, Buendia's actions and outbursts, I thought it was cheating. I thought the holding of the ball. The Martinez, the Martinez, Ma- is Martinez, sorry. Yeah. The, goalkeeper. the goalkeeper's... Um, um, Actions were, were. I don't think it's gamesmanship. I don't think it's part of the game. I think it's cheating. And I do, do you not think, with that in mind, because you've spoken about something that's very relevant, which is the the added advantage of kicking um, for Argentina to their own fans and disadvantage uh, for yeah. the French, for, for a referee to allow the goalkeeper to manipulate the circumstances to heighten the pressure to increase it, I think was one of the shortcomings in that moment in time. It was. And we talk about the referee, but um, there'll be other referees sitting at home today saying, well, who was owning that refer- that uh, shootout, that penalty yeah, shootout? The the it, was the, it was the keeper, keeper Martinez. Yeah. It was his territory. It was being danced to his tune. I mean, what, and what do you think the of when a player should, behaves like that? The referee should have had the ball at all times. The, 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 the yeah, goalkeeper took the ball and throw it away is ridiculous. Should he have been booked? Should he have been spoken to? Of course, what should have he should have been booked straight away. I think he, he, let him, he gave him a warning after that. I think he should have booked him. I think out of camera, he booked the referee. Sometimes the producers weren't on it, Jim, when it came to following referees in games. That wouldn't have been the first game where that happened. It's difficult if you're commentating on it, let me tell you. Uh, but nonetheless, I think the referee, that was just let himself down a little bit there. And, you know, it would have been very interesting, wouldn't it? Um, so he's a World it, Cup winner, but was it unprofessional of Martinez? It was because I think he pushed the boundaries too far. And he was controlling it. Yeah. And do he made you, it very difficult. Do you think the referee seemed to be out of control at that point. You, as a, as a, a, a former footballer, that can speak to it far more compelling than I can. Do you think it's something the referee should say to goalkeepers before a penalty shootout? I'm having none of this. You're not getting the ball. I don't want none of your nonsense on the line. This is a moment where it's sportsman against sportsman, not sportsman against psychological advantage. Yeah. Do you think that's something referees could do in that situation? Definitely. Like I, that? I think they were, they were briefed, weren't they, the referees in this competition about trade the England team were quite physical from set pieces, so they were having an extra look at our players. So they'd already been in a penalty shootout yeah. against Netherlands, and, and actually it all went off in that game. There was a mini-riot, two of them, 
when where Paredes smashed the ball into the dugout. And then there was an issue after the penalties where they, the Dutch players were accused of goading one of the penalty takers and then they did the same when they scored the Argentinian team and it all went off, Jim. So, you know, maybe there was a bit of a record coming into that game and maybe it was just on the moment the referee should have taken more control of it. But Martinez, you know, if you're, a, if you're an Argentinian fan, you're loving what he's doing because he's the one, the dominant force and he's putting his opponent off. And well, he's if you're one work. of the Argentinian yeah. players, Martin, would you, would you be applauding him for what he did? Well, of course, he's a national hero today. No, but I mean, if you're one of those players, if you're a teammate of Martinez back in the dressing well, he's room, doing you whatever saying to him, well done. Yeah, because he's got to do whatever he can. The penalty taker should be have the advantage. No, but, but we're goal... saying that he went too far and, it, and he shouldn't really do whatever he I did. I think he went too far. I mean, the thing with the golden the trophy, glove, that was ridiculous. I think what he did with the trophy afterwards was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but what he did on the pitch remains, I mean, unless the referee's going to stop him, he's going to do whatever he wants. And, and that's the referee, right. that it's made incumbent the referee. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Having said that, winners and losers, Martin, and, and, and he ended up winning. You know, that's it. But also, it? as well, you have to say, I do feel he's an outstanding goalkeeper that was allowed to leave Arsenal. Oh, he was magnificent. Club. And he makes a save in the dying seconds of the absolutely. match with his left foot, which was absolutely out of this world. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I prepare to, to, to remember Martinez for from the game yesterday. That kind of moment, as opposed to the antics. Nobody in Argentina is going to be worrying about antics oh, in no, front no, of the referee. No, no, no. It's down to the referee to stamp that out. That's right. Download, stand well back. Listen, outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. When a World Cup traditionally has been played, it's at the end of a long, grueling season, and many of them are pretty much out on their feet. <clears throat> so this came in the middle of it. In the middle of it. Is there not is there not merit in a winter World Cup and the placing of it? Because players are absolutely up to speed with their domestic clubs. They go there and it's a simple question of carrying on. Well, what we're they're like at the end of it is, is another debate. Yeah, but we're not at the end of it, are we? But so as we, they we, go we, into it, yeah, but we're at the end of the flying. World Cup, but we're in the middle of it. That's why we had such a memorable World Cup. Yeah, Jim, no one can take that away. I mean, it's an incredible World Cup because the players are so tuned. They're, they're, they're at the heightened state of fitness. Their, all their skills, their touch, everything's there. We're just wheeling them out, aren't we? Just in the middle of their normal season when they're in the optimum level of performance. And we saw that. It was. It would never be a World Cup. Alexis really. McAllister's a, a, a complete pitch. case in point there. Yeah. I but watched them lose what we need to, to Villa do, just, just before said, he went. As we've just said, off, as we've just said off, off air, we, it's the impact of, of this World Cup. How's it going to have now for the rest of the season? We can only really judge it when we get to the end of this season, Jim, and see what the football's doing in the Premier League. Does that drop? Do we get lots of injuries? Uh, are there issues with the players, their energy levels? The, Infantino said for the first time, he used the word exhaustion. You know, it's nice to actually mention the players now and again. But they will. But they will be. I mean, it's but, the euphoria. Has, the has your opinion changed now, Martin, on a Winter World Cup? There's all the Winter World Cup. How will the players cope? They were magnificent. Where my beef was. So we're complimenting was, the players, Martin. Now they're coming back. Show us what you can do domestically. Yeah, yeah. No, what the problem was, Jim, is about how we are going to shoehorn a World Cup into the middle of a football season, which only started one week um, earlier. And how do you and think we'll they did one with week that? later? Well, the the, the perpetual has been incredible. It's now picking up the pieces, isn't it? So, is your the manager changed now. on a winter the World Cup? The managers are waiting to see what comes back. What type of player comes back? Is he fit? Is he ready to go? Well, the Walking I, I Dead are about not, they're not about to land back at their clubs, are they? No, I think they'll you be... You have to think you've got players who are flying. Well, we've got players in various different stages, aren't you? you? The euphoria, the glory. This is what the World Cup's about, isn't it? Well, I hesitate to say it, but England were back sooner than they thought. Yeah, they were. So I mean, well, you know, where's the beef? Have you now changed your view on a Winter World Cup? Have you signed? I think that I think we need to wait I, to the end of the season. Well, I think well, my, my, my view was not based upon uh, fixturing because let's be honest, but the average player in a World Cup probably played four games. 
over a five-week period. So yeah. I don't really see the issue with it, yeah. to be honest. Um, but my, my issue was about the bait-and-switch um, of a tournament that was awarded in the summer that has, has its history in the summer that was awarded to a country in the summer, moved to the winter. Well, we've had that debunked, haven't we? Because we were told that ultimately that wasn't up to Qatar. Qatar developed the technology, built the air-conditioned stadiums, and it was FIFA that changed the, the direction. And that um, was confirmed to you now uh, by Hassan yeah, al so, so my yeah. attitude towards it slightly changed on the basis of that. Um, look, it, Martin's absolutely right. The battle of what's more important, international football, domestic football, will rage. But we don't know the impact of this World Cup on football, which is not just a football... Football isn't just about a tournament. Football is about a domestic calendar that runs for uh, for 10 months a year, not a tournament that pops up once every four years. Gianni Infantino, who makes his living out of promoting FIFA and ultimately the FIFA-endorsed tournaments, is going to suggest that this tournament has great success in it. I don't know what the average goals are scored in a tournament. I don't know if, if 2.8 goals per game is a feat that's not been repeated at previous tournaments. I do know that previous tournaments like Italia 90 have been phenomenal tournaments. I do know that we can look back on a, lo- a load of tournaments and say how wonderful they are. This has something unique about it. It was played in the middle of winter. And we will see what legacy it has, as Martin has pointed out, as the season proceeds. But And, you, and it's interesting, we go into a tournament where people are as fit as they could be, yet this, the Argentinians started this with their backsides being handed to them by the, by the Saudi Arabians. Yeah. So it kind of flew in the face. And I think some of the football wasn't as compelling as we thought it was going to be, given the nature of how at it and across it the players would have been it took a while for this tournament to warm up it, it we was, had shocks I mean, it, was a, it, was a, it was literally it was a Disneyland World Cup and it instead was. of going from ride to ride you went from stadium to That's stadium right. it was quite unique so you were you were in one hotel the whole time that was, went for every broadcaster every player quite unique it's normally the, the travel the players didn't have to go from one place to the other for the quarters for the last 16 for the semis they didn't have to rehome so themselves because of Martin's point see if you put this tournament now in the winter, in Sp- in Mexico, Canada, and US, they've got to travel like everyone else Everywhere. has to. You might not find it has the same um, efficacy or, or 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 effectiveness in terms of what the outcome looks like in terms of being able to see the games as Martin described. It's a Disneyland of being able to go from one ride to the next without any great well, incredible to both of you. Then would you both be in the camp of having another Winter World Cup in the Middle East? Um. Would I be in favour of it? I would be in favour of having an open mind towards it. Yeah. Would I be? Depends who's asking for it, and depends on the circumstances. I mean, look, we a lot of the uh, of the. Did myths, you have an open mind before is, it? Simon? Is it not no, an extravagance? No, no, no. I, I had a closed mind. Simon, I a, it's a huge extravagance, isn't it? The, the stadia and the what the money well, they expend. Is, can we part, really do that again? Well, look at it and put, and put it this way. First and foremost, you've got a country that's being built up from the ground. They haven't. This, I've been reading stuff. They spent two hundred billion on things. They didn't spend two hundred billion. They spent a hundred billion on on infrastructure in a country. Ten billion on the World Cup, and the hundred billion is going to increase their GDP by twenty five percent a year. Exactly. Which is phenomenal. So, so when they people afford start, it, so uh, when people yeah. start, of course they can. So when people start recanting versions of things, they should do their homework. Yeah. A lot of people should do their homework, and I've bothered to do mine. But what are they? I don't do think it's a luxury. St- what are they going to do with the stadia? There's six, so what we got? We, there's six. It's a blot on the landscape. Well, they, they they have they have remarkable resources. They don't, they probably don't have to spend about ten billion on track and trace like we did, and waste that inordinate amounts of money in this country. They probably got a different view. Yeah, the one that's built out of sea containers is actually going to be transported, yeah, and, and and they'll look look at the logistics. But that's their concern. That's theirs. I, you know, that's their concern and how they in their country you've got 900,000 native Qataris and 2.1 million people going over there and trying to apply their trade in different levels right bottom line is is I would have an open mind to it I would prefer because I do believe that there is value in tradition not just tradition for tradition's sake that a World Cup is centred in the summer 
But we cannot ignore other continents and the necessity for these continents to be able to compete. And if that means that the dynamics of how it was awarded in Qatar, because it was deemed to be too difficult to provide the technology to be able to provide stadiums and training environments and facilities but for is it, fans, is it about where it's best for the bank balance where about, rather than where it's best to actually take the next World Cup to? Well, what's okay? Well, we, we, I think it's probably a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, if you look at it and say the, the World Cup's being awarded to the Americans, the Canadians, and the Mexicans because Donald Trump suggested to FIFA they're going to give them 15 billion. Slam dunk. Thank you very much. That's the end of that discussion. But there's also a balance to be had and said that you, you put it into places where it hasn't been before or hasn't been for some time yeah. or is right and appropriate to develop football. And so exactly. Africa has to have a tournament in South Africa. They have to have it in other parts of Africa because that's fair and equitable and developing sport. And you're all for that. And your man, Arsene Wenger, talked about the necessity for. A, a, a biannual World Cup to be able to develop opportunities for other continents around the world. It's all part of it, isn't it? Are if you talking about now to it, Martin? Another Winter World Cup in a Middle East country? I wouldn't say never, ever again. I think maybe Saudi Arabia is a country that's going to be putting its hand in the air and we know now it can be done uh, and it can be unique. But I think for the benefit of the game, Jim, to it should go to another African nation to develop and grow our game and inspire people to, for the future. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not on the basis that it went to South Africa uh, way back when. Yeah. Uh, because if you've watched that FIFA documentary, you learn a hell of a lot more than you did before, than you knew before. But I think it was an adventure, Simon. And I think it's one that has worked. And the proof of the pudding was in the most memorable final ever. As of course, there'll be questions that will always be asked. But will there be questions, similar questions asked about America, Canada of and Mexico? As a football Will the BBC think twice about the opening ceremony then? As a football tournament, will presenters go into a monologue about that? As a football tournament, as a football tournament, and not an opportunity to leverage agendas or bash societies or cultures, it is undeniable it was a rip-roaring success. And that should be where the discussion begins and ends. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
We've been talking about that World Cup final, which appeared to have everything. It really did. Argentina have the trophy, uh, and that means a winner's medal for Brighton's Alexis McAllister, whose dad, of course, played for Argentina. Carlos McAllister as well. He played with Maradona. Alexis chose to play with the great Lionel Messi. What a career he's having, just as his father had as well. So what about the homecoming uh, that's expected down on the South Coast when Alexis comes back with that World Cup winning medal round his neck? This morning, I was in conversation with the Brighton Chief Executive, Paul Barber, and I said to him, first off, how did you feel when you saw McAllister Callister lifting that trophy. We were very proud, obviously, for Alexis and his family, but also for, for the club and our fans. It's been an amazing tournament for Alexis. He's played superbly throughout, and obviously to to go to the to the final and to win it is an incredible achievement for him and, and obviously for Argentina as well. Have you heard from him, Paul, overnight? Yes, uh, had a message from Alexis overnight. Obviously, we sent him our congratulations and, and uh, typically uh, Alexis always replies to his messages. He came back overnight to say how delighted he was. Paul, what does this kind of global profile do for Brighton? Well, I think, you know, we've, we've been trying to build our profile for a very long time. And, and it was only 25 years ago that we were a club that was in uh, the bottom tier of English football, close to going out of business, close to going out of the league. So, you know, for a quarter of a century later to have a World Cup winner in our ranks, you know, is a fantastic achievement. And uh, obviously we're delighted. Was there ever any surprise about the players' exponential rise throughout the last month? We felt that Alexis has, has been performing really well all season. He performed well last season. He's been growing into the Premier League ever since he joined us. And, you know, we, we were not at all surprised that he was able to make a contribution at that level. Obviously, it's never a guarantee that a player as young as Alexis at just 23 is going to start for a country as established as Argentina in a World Cup finals. But obviously we were we were confident in him, confident in his ability and, and also in his character. He's got a very calm presence. He's a, he's a really nice lad off the pitch uh, and obviously a very, very good footballer. The cynics are going to say that in just under two weeks, Paul, the January window opens. Are you prepared for other clubs circling around your man? As we've always said, you know, I think when, when players do well, uh, when their profile increases, there's always going to be interest in them. And, and uh, this will be no different. Alexis is no different. There was interest in him before the World Cup, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be even more interest in him afterwards. Did you speak to his representatives or even his father in the build-up to, to Qatar? We did. You know, we were working on a, on a, on a new contract for Alexis in the, in the build-up to the World Cup, and, and we met Alexis's father se- several times. He, he himself played for Argentina with Maradona, no less. So there's a fantastic sort of family history to playing for their country. And obviously, he's very proud of his son. He was very excited for Alexis to be going to the World Cup. So nice people, nice family, and obviously delighted for Alexis, just as we are for the other Premier League players that, that took part in Argentina's team last night. You know, congratulations to them as well. So, Paul, you did take steps to safeguard against any potential suitors coming in to try and poach him. All you can do in situations where you've got a great asset is to try and protect yourself as best as possible. We've done that with several of our players and staff over the last several years, and, and obviously that's all, all you can do in these situations. But we hope Alexis will continue to be playing for us for, you know, for some time to come. So you've got a South Coast derby coming up in Boxing Day. Does Alexis have extra time off to celebrate? What's the position? <laughs> That's one for, for, for Roberto De Zerbi and his staff to talk to Alexis about. Obviously, 
this is a really, really special moment for, for him and his family and his friends and, and all of the, the Argentinian players. So, you know, I know that Roberto will talk to Alexis and they'll work out a plan for when it's right for Alexis to return. But obviously he's had a, a really, really long World Cup and, and uh, even yesterday's game, I think, to about, went to about 140 minutes plus penalties and he was on the field pretty much all of that time apart from the penalties. So, you know, he's going to be tired. He's going to be, I'm sure, emotional. Uh, winning a World Cup is not something that happens every day or even ever for some people. So uh, we'll give him the time that he needs and obviously we, we hope to have him back as soon as possible. Where does he go from here? I mean, literally, Paul, is he going back to Argentina or is he coming back to the UK? We'll find out more about that today and, and the Argentinian FA will no doubt communicate their plans and, and what they intend to do. But, you know, the scenes in Buenos Aires overnight, I would suggest that the people there will be expecting to see the team at some point. How that happens, when that happens, I'm not quite sure, but I'm sure we'll find out over the next uh, 24 hours or so. Have you got a guard of honour plan for his return? Not yet. I mean, I think we're still sort of digesting what's uh, what's happened. And I know, you know, just before the World Cup, we sent a really fantastic video from all of our players to Alexis, which he was uh, very grateful for. So he's a popular lad in the dressing room. He's, he's one that uh, I know that will get a great reception when he gets back, both from the players, the staff and from the fans as well. So we're looking forward to seeing him back as soon as possible. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. It's a Monday morning. Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown is in our midst and we're delighted about that. We're with you all the way through until one o'clock the day after Argentina won the World Cup for the first time since Maradona did it in 1986. So much been said and written about that. So much been said and written about England in this World Cup. And now it's being reported this morning. Well, knew yesterday, in actual fact, confirmed this morning. Gareth Southgate's decision to continue as England manager came apparently after he was overwhelmed by the support of his staff, players, the FA and fans in the wake of the World Cup quarterfinal defeats by the French. We go on to hear today, and the Times has this in detail, that uh, Southgate reportedly made the decision to see out the remaining two years of his contract after meeting his assistant Steve Holland for lunch on Friday... He then had further talks with his family before contacting Mark Bullingham, the FA chief executive, to say, yeah, let's carry on. So, Martin, before I get to Simon, is this the decision that you wanted to hear? Does it give it clarity? Does it give it stability? It's 100% the decision I expected to hear. You know, Gareth is a a very loyal, very honourable man. Um, he would have set himself that task of um, giving himself a period where he feels, you know, I want to be successful. And now we work towards uh, the the next Euros in eighteen months' time, where it's you know he has to he has to win a trophy. I think he knows that. I think he believes now that uh, he goes into the next competition not in hope but in belief that this team can go toe to toe, Jim, with the best in the world. There's no doubt that doesn't that that's not something that's in any kind of doubt now. It's right to keep that continuity to settle it all down and to keep the players stable. He's a very stable individual, so it comes from the top. Uh, And now we can plan now. We can plan now ahead to the next Euros. Uh, And I think the rightful man is in position. I think he deserves to be in that position. I heard from so many people, not least like in breakfast this morning, Dean Saunders talked to Natalie, there was nobody else. Couldn't Couldn't think of a name. But I mean, that's not the case, is it, Martin? The England job is a massive job. It's a prestigious job. And many would have wanted it. And many out there think they could probably do it. Well, we were arguing about this on Friday 
when Simon was almost suggesting because there isn't a better alternative is the reason why the manager stays in position and I felt it was uh, nothing but the sort. I think we, when you think how well he's done in the previous tournaments, Jim, we get to a final, the Euros, we got to the semi-final, the World Cup, we got we got to the quarter-finals of, the, of this World Cup against the, uh, the holders, the current holders until yesterday of the World Cup. So I don't think there was any kind of disgrace in that. I like the way that Bellingham and Saka and Foden have been allowed to develop with the manager. I like the way they've evolved and moved away from a five at the back to a four at the back with three midfield players that can compete now at the highest level. All of this done under the development of the manager. Yes, I know they're at their clubs, but again, you've got to put that package together and you've got to make it work. And I think he's the right man for the job. And and you're utterly confident that the trend will be bucked come the Euros in 2024? I, I sincerely hope so, Jim. We don't know, do we, for sure. But I'm, I'm certain the team will continue to get better and develop and grow. And hopefully then, that's enough to win something. It's I don't Simon, like to use the word hopefully because I like to be secure. But it was these are so unpredictable, as you saw yesterday. Interesting, David Walsh in the Sunday Times, uh, Simon. He revealed that three weeks before the World Cup began, Southgate told him he didn't expect to be England's manager in January. Um, the turning point of the chance, you don't know what you're doing after the Nations League humbling by Hungary. Yeah. Um, David tells us, leaving the stadium that evening, Southgate couldn't see his relationship with England lasting beyond the World Cup. He believed part of the job was to make supporting England a joyous experience. Yeah. And now the fans that he had hoped to please had turned against him. It got to him, Make David Walsh tells us. So much so that he thought the best thing would be to publicly announce his intention to quit after the World Cup. In the end, he decided against publicly promising to leave yeah. because of the fear that it would create too much noise about who'd replace him. Mm -hmm. And that would destabilise the group. I mean, look, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I agree with Martin. They can go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. With the best teams in in the world and get beat. That's what we've seen. We go toe to toe with them and get beat. Um, and they already made the decision. The FA they gave him a contract, so the 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 deal was done. The die was cast. I do think that um, if Southgate was reading the room um, back in in July, because of the performances of the sides that he put out, I'm not entirely sure what you would expect fans to do when you're paying good money to go and watch a team get beat four 0 by the Hungarians. You're hardly going to get applauded, are you? You got applauded during various other tournaments. Everyone wore a waistcoat back in 2018. You couldn't have been more, more eulogised. You take the you take the, the the rough with the smooth. If he was reading the room, and he felt that the the room was now with a different temperature towards him, he had every right to think about leaving the room. But he was also right to suggest that maybe it was the wrong thing to do to announce before a tournament because it does create an element of disharmony. But that then leads me to the conclusion that he wasn't thinking we are going to do very well in the World Cup because ultimately, if he was going into a World Cup to win the World Cup, no one would have been shouting him out of a job if England had won that World Cup, were they? Would they? So the idea that he felt that after this World Cup he was going to leave because the nation wasn't having him anymore would have been completely dis, 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 you know, uh, dismantled by how well England performed in the tournament. I'm not in the Southgate camp. I never have been. I think he's okay. I think he's done a decent job. I think he's a solid individual. I think he's picked... And, and I think Martin's probably absolutely right that he has decent morals, decent intentions uh, and integrity at his centre. I've never suggested anything to the contrary. What I do think is there a difference between those particular characteristics alongside another little bit of stardust that we do need to have, which is that alchemy which makes a winner. That little bit of extra that changes the direction of something in front of you to be able to affect an outcome. The French changed their team at halftime because they were getting their heads handed to them by the Argentinians. They found their way back into the game at some point. I'm not entirely sure Gareth Southgate would have done that. But he had a two-year contract. The die was cast. The only reason I pushed back on it was, A, I don't think it would. I think we'll go to the Euros next in 18 months' time and it'll be the similar outcome. 
and we'll make it, we'll put up we'll put forward a very commendable performance and we'll put up a good fight but like i've said before a good fight is one you win not one you turn up to so with that in mind i think we'll have more of the same we've got a good group of young players that are ostensibly being developed by the clubs he has an embarrassment of riches from the young players. He has a proclivity towards picking young players because guess what? He was the England under 21 manager. If he can't manage this group of players after having had six years of being a full-time manager, and I know you've had 81 managers m- matches and you all say that's not enough experience, Martin, but he also had a significant period of time as a 21s manager with these young players. I think he's done on the can what he should have done and what he could have done. And he picked up from a low bar. Whether Sam Allardyce would have done the same thing, we'll never know. So I don't think it's, I, I think it's relatively academic. The thing I didn't like was this ridiculous notion being floated around that somehow we should all wait for Gareth Southgate to come back and tell us what he was going to do. He'd signed a contract. If you didn't want the pressure that goes with the job and the £5 million a year salary, which might feature into some of the thinking, then ultimately, why become the England manager in the first place? You get the rough with the smooth. It's called pressure of life. It's called the obligations and opportunities that huge jobs come with. And if you can't take the pressure when it get, comes on top, when you're getting beat, I know that they're meaningless games, but they're meaningless games for Hungary too. And they're meaningless games so for everybody else. It's Sorry, all just to backtrack on Martin. And by the way, I did suggest names. It's not because, yeah, not yeah, be, so, not because so I didn't think we could have a replacement. Because I write everything down that you say, or try to, you say a lot, God. so it's hard. Regarding the next Euros, we sincerely both, don't we, hope that you're wrong. Because you yeah, said that of you said you said so you genuinely you feel you hope you hope you're wrong that England are successful. I hope England win. I'm, not I'm an Englishman, I'm a proud Englishman. Yeah. Well I think now, I think after this World Cup, I think what's happened for Gareth is he's refreshed him. I think he's actually enjoyed it again. He's regained his confidence. Fantastic. And it was a, a slap in the face to him uh, on one night there at the end of the competition. And I think he's had time now to reflect, rebalance, and he's come back stronger. Regained his, confi- regain his confidence from what? What does success look like, though, Martin? I think, I think he's regained his confidence from the structure of the team, from uh, from flip-flopping between a back three and a back four. He now seems more secure that this is the way he wants to play with a 4-3-3 system. It may be that he needs to tinker well, with decision it. decision-making. So we talk about regaining confidence. Well, are you suggesting yes, to me that because they got beat in a couple of games and he got a little bit of a booing, mm. that he's that fragile that he needed to have his confidence Well, in that, ga- in that game That's where they lost, with, in that game in June where they did lose... Uh, 4-0 he yeah. played a back 4 that day and he played a 4-3-3 system which he's now playing now with great success he Fantastic. wasn't very successful I think it all then. boils down to this Martin are England any closer to winning a major trophy than they were in, in recent times are they any I closer they today are, yes I think they are when I, I look at Bellingham in midfield now he's a massive upgrade I, I, I know that Fernandes won the young player of the, uh, of the tournament in that midfield but Bellingham pushed him a long way Jim I'm looking at Foden now, the speed at which he's, he's dealing with the ball at the international level, the, the, the quick movement, um, integration of play. Saka, uh, he came to the table. He's a proper player. So we're seeing people now that what the, about the others you're in and around nations. Italy are in the same group. So they'll be back strong because they didn't feature in the World Cup finals here in Qatar. So they'll be ready to show that they can still do something. They they won the Euros at Wembley. Spain will be stronger. The Germans will come back. I actually France will be France. Shame that the Italians weren't in the final, Jim. I, I, uh, Fran- I, France will they be were France. Out, was so the Macedonia? others will be stronger, Martin. Will England be stronger than they are today come the, 
the Euros in I'd 2024. I'd rather be in the England situation than an Italian manager sitting watching where his team's not getting any competition experience, and we are. We're going total. We're about to find out because Italy will play England. Let's see. At home Let's see what happens. But we know we'll all be celebrating if England win that because it's a. It's a. This is now uh, maybe the, the one opportunity the likes of Carl Walker who will still be around. I thought he was magnificent in the game against Mbappe. Can Henderson still hang about? That's, that would be there. Be determined to. But last I don't see anybody of this look like in the finals of 2024. It's not the quarterfinal stage, is it? It's, no, not, the, think, it's not an exit. The quarterfinal stage. It, I think they have to win it. 100. percent That will be the target now. It's, it, it hopefully becomes Southgate's uh, evening in terms of the way Messi was last night where the manager then decides if he wants to bow out he has the option well, he, and he, he goes out maybe it's his finest hour we have to believe that and certainly Southgate and his players but there can be no justification in real terms for any extension on his contract now he has got a two year contract so he will be doing that so if he goes to the Euros and he is successful in those Euros. And by the standards that we're talking about in this room, which is winning it, which is a big ask, because winning any tournament is a big ask. It's no God-given mm. right. No one assumes that. Right? But what people, what people expect and ask for is to be able to overcome obstacles when those obstacles are slightly more insurmountable than the ones that have gone previously. We have The, the thing I push back against, Martin, is this ridiculous notion. You said it earlier on in the show, and, and we'll disagree on this, that Harry Kane should be perceived as a national hero. I don't see that. I see a very talented footballer that's been given a huge opportunity. The 90% national heroes are people that save people's lives. National heroes are people that worked through the COVID pandemic and created the situation. Not footballers that are given a wonderful life, a wonderful opportunity and put in privileged positions, right? Economically or by people just recognising them and applauding them. So we have to get context here. Now, what I push back against with Gareth Southgate is this idea that somehow these are wands of hands and he's absolutely someone that should be lauded and applauded and built up to the rafters. I think he's done a respectable job. And I don't think he's—I don't think it's a famine, and I don't think it's a feast. I think he's a very average, steady individual that will maintain a very decent relationship with the media, that will create a camp that players want to play in because they're young players, they respect playing for their country, and he's built an environment up. But I also want my England manager to be a winner, and that's where my distinction differs, and that's where we diverge rather than converge. Your 100% essential download, outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.